What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. It is Dallas Prater, your host and co-host of my guy, Rashad. Welcome back to also a new title for this podcast, The Uncanceled Podcast, which I express what I mean by that in this episode. Um, man, and the episode is pretty much as the title suggests. Entrepreneurialism is freaking canceled. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and what that means in this episode. I'm not going to explain too much or real too much details in this intro like I always do. But also I want to say, man, 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 cancel culture is a virus. It is a bug. It's a parasite. And uh, man, I'm going to describe what that means a little bit in this episode and uh, why I feel so strongly about that. So, um, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to send you to the theme music. If you enjoy this podcast episode, rate and review this podcast and also subscribe, man. But thank you so much for actually listening along and keeping up with me. And uh, here's the intro music, like I said. Thanks. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, people who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams, and people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands, the people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar, how do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design, the podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing them out into the world, and forming massive What is up, designers? I want to start this uh, podcast episode by reading out off a comment that I left on uh, Will Holdren. His name is Will underscore Holdren, uh, his Instagram, because uh, I think it's an important um, it's an important thing to mention. Okay, uh, and so the comment said, "Real talk, hundred emoji." I'm no expert on these things, but I feel like the short-term cash grab mentality plagued me for a while, and would have been a been particularly dangerous. Had I succeeded with some of the vehicles I tried to use to get it. Okay. What I'm basically saying in that comment. Is that. I'm absolutely 100% glad. That my first few business ideas. Failed and crashed and burned and were not successful. Because at the time that I was building them. In my life I was still hypnotized. I was still being controlled and manipulated and I didn't even know it. Okay? You know? So it's a lot going on in the city. It's a late night as usual. I'm walking through the parking garage. But I even considered changing the name of this podcast um, to the Uncanceled Podcast. I gotta consult with my co-host, obviously, before I do something like that. Because I just want to emphasize, like, man. Cancel culture. It, it, like, I don't think people understand how negative, how cancerous, and how parasitic of a thing it really is. And not only what it really is in the current era, but what it has been historically. And how entrepreneurs, a lot of them fall victim and fail to uphold the mantle of what entrepreneurship really means because of cancel culture even entrepreneurs and this is why I say it would have been dangerous that I succeeded in the videos video, <laughs> uh, vehicles that I was using because even entrepreneurs that succeed and make money in their business 
a lot of them have submitted and been destroyed by cancel culture and therefore the impact in their relevance to the world is limited and crushed okay so in this podcast episode you know i want to break down a little bit of what i mean by that okay there are two forms as far as i know because i kind of coined the terms just now of cancel culture and a lot of people that try to cancel other people ironically enough it's kind of funny don't even know that they themselves have been canceled okay i talked about this in a lot of other past park episode but i think i have a little bit more of a I'm trying to define things more accurately in order to explain these concepts a little better. And so that's what I'm doing in this episode. So for me and for what I think, I believe that the purpose of entrepreneur, of entrepreneur, the purpose of entrepreneurship uh, has historically been to create culture. It has never been anything else. Business is a tool that entrepreneurs use to harness capital, to catch capital, and then use that capital to push out culture, to push out ideologies, and therefore impact the world. Okay? So business is a tool to create culture. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, and this has been my experience, started out in the, you know, started out in the game because they, when they were young and they were kids, they had this groundbreaking ideology this way of viewing the world this way of, this way of viewing you know society that they know if other people knew it wasn't a mainstream idea but they know if other people knew it would change their lives positively forever and they had this idea when they were younger burning in them it would burn a hole through their shirt where their heart is and they would go and they would try to explain it to friends and family and all this different stuff and friends and family just wouldn't really understand what they were talking about and a lot of these young kids who grew up to be entrepreneurs have viewed business as a tool to push out their ideologies and to get people to understand them. They wanted to leave their mark on the world and that mark was their ideologies that would change people forever and create the impact that they desired and create the vision for the world that they seen when they were young. You see, but a lot of these entrepreneurs, I feel, become canceled throughout time, okay? And so, let's just analyze that statement first. Business is a tool that harvests capital to push out impact. Okay, so what does that mean? Look at businesses like, for example, ClickFunnels. They literally create culture. Okay, the culture of someone who uses the tool of ClickFunnels is called a funnel hacker or the funnel hacker culture. And the people who follow ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson and love him, they're called funnel hackers. Funnel hackers is a culture. They have a specific set of beliefs and, and ways of conducting themselves in life. Okay? And so, you know, when you go to use the tool of, by the time you've even got to pay Russell Brunson for anything within his business, whether it's ClickFunnels itself, whether it's coaching, whether it's a book, the chances are you've gotten to that place in time because you went through a gauntlet of his media. You understand what I mean? You went through a gauntlet of his media, whether it's his podcast episodes, whether it's his YouTube episodes, and by the time you purchase that item, you've become a funnel hacker, okay? So he uses media, he runs you through a gauntlet of media 
to indoctrinate you into becoming part of the culture of his business. He creates culture and then you go and you buy his software or his books or his coaching and guess what? That capital goes into the business of ClickFunnels. But how did you become a customer in the first place? Because the media, right? And so then he takes that revenue that you gave him from purchasing his product and he puts it back into the media. He uses your capital to fund his future customers. And he funds his future customers by putting that revenue on the media and creating new funnel hackers. It's a, a never-ending loop that creates culture. He harvests his capital to create culture. Similarly, like businesses like Owen Cook. Owen Cook had uh, the real social dynamics business. Okay, he's done over 100 million in sales in his lifetime. Huge business based around, you know, pickup is what they called it at the forefront. But I'm a huge advocate of them and I love them very much. And I don't feel it was necessarily pickup. It was just social dynamics, the art of socializing and being good at it on every single level. Extremely nuanced, extremely non-mainstream business. The way Owen Cook ran his business is that obviously he has ads running to his media and his content. But even beyond that, it was organic content on YouTube. It was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of pure, beautiful art. And his YouTube's still up. Just type in Owen Cook and you can see the type of art that this guy makes. Hours and hours and hours of hours and hours and hours of content. Pure content where he's just talking about every single last thing under the sun uh, within his niche and within his realm. And so the way his model worked is that people would go through this gauntlet of content and by the time they went through this gauntlet of content, he would be, you, you would be some, you would be inducted, you would be a pickup artist. You would be inducted into that culture, okay? And once your mind, once your ideologies in your mind have changed, you naturally adapt the tools of people within that culture. It's like once you, in your mind, you define yourself as a wrestler, you're going to go out and buy a singlet because wrestlers wear singlets when they wrestle, okay? It, like if you define in your mind yourself as a football player, they're going to go out and buy some cleats because that's what football players do. They use media, a gauntlet of media to induct you into culture, okay? And they use your revenue once you buy their services to pay for more people to come into that culture. Businesses are tools that harvest capital and create culture. That's the meaning of it, okay? Now, what does cancel culture have to do with that? Now, the first form of cancel culture is what the world is today, okay? Or what you see in the world a lot today. There's the hard cancel, which happened to Owen Cook's business, okay? So Owen Cook's business, he's a, it's, it's a prolific idea. It's not a mainstream idea. It's kind of like, you know, far from the mainstream. You know, mainstream people couldn't pick up an idea like that. So what happened to Owen Cook's business? Owen Cook's business, RSD, no longer exists, I'm pretty sure. It's more of a self-help business, extremely profitable self-help business, okay? And it became a self-help business because the idea of his former business was canceled. What happened to it? So YouTube, because of its censorship or something like, because of, you know, it just went in a spree of censorship, went on a spree and censored all videos revolving around pickup. And essentially, his 10 years of hard work and content that he built up overnight was kind of deleted and shut down in the blink of an eye.
And in order to survive, he had to adopt a more mainstream idea. He had to adopt the idea of self-help, something that was more PC and PG that people could understand. Okay, now while his business is thriving, he still pushes out unique ideas within self-help that people don't understand all day. He was hard canceled. The idea that his business was promoting, oh, you can be a pickup artist and these are the social dynamics that you use, was censored and canceled by society. Okay, but beyond that threat, there is an even greater threat that I feel like a lot of people are misinterpreting called the soft cancel that is plaguing people every day. And this, this, there, you know, it's kind of like you, you got to run through a, a, a chronological set of trials in order to become someone who uses business for what it's originally meant to do. A lot of young people, when they have those burning ideas and their burning passions within their heart, they hop into business and they, they, the first the first trial that you always hit is the, the trial of being soft canceled, okay? And in being soft canceled, a lot of people settle for um, businesses that use capital to create more capital. When that young kid, you know, and I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs in the world are dissatisfied. This who this podcast is targeting. They're entrepreneurs, but they make they make a lot of money, but they're dissatisfied with the business that they're in because they don't feel like it makes a difference in the world that they live and in their life. They feel they feel unfulfilled because they feel like the purpose of it and the mission of it is just simply not there. And I feel like a lot of people get to that place where it's simply not there because they were what I call soft cancel. So what is soft cancellation? Soft cancellation is this, ironically enough, it's all strangely intertwined and I haven't even worked it out in my own mind. Soft cancellation is when you are suggested into a mainstream idea. You're moved into a mainstream idea via suggestion, okay? So soft cancellation comes in different forms. Soft cancellation is like when, and this is why I believe some entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs need to be crushed and, and, and stomped out of existence. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. I mean, because I don't like, don't, don't get me wrong, I haven't figured out my way around this idea entirely and how to avoid this and who has to really be crushed out of existence you know i'm just trying to amp you up and get the emotions going here you know truthfully as as much as i try to be like critical and hard bearing in these episodes i don't want anybody to take this as like 100 percent absolute truth or dogma or religion or preaching or anything like that like think for yourself honestly i'm just this is a character obviously that i'm playing right here but the entrepreneurs that give literal business models that people can follow Okay, I said in the beginning of this podcast, so I'm glad my original vehicles didn't work because I was still hypnotized while I was considering them. These are vehicles that would have limited me in my fulfillment and limited me in my purpose because they were vehicles whose nature are, are, are of the soft cancellation. So soft cancellation is like when you are a unique, rare individual with unique, rare ideas like every other individual in the world, you're a visionary, you're a designer, and that's why I invented the term designer, by the way, because designers focus on the aspect, that, that's the difference between a designer and what I feel like is an entrepreneur nowadays, by the way. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs need a, like, it has to be over with, because it's, it's, it's just a mess. Entrepreneurs use vehicles, you know, they use capital to produce more capital, whereas a designer is somebody that's going to they care about innovation because innovation drives the future, you know, and, and that future drives impact and ease within people's lives. And so they use the capital to push ideologies, to push culture into society that people don't understand to change their life. That's what a, a designer is, you know, and what an entrepreneur, I believe, and was formerly meant to be before it fell into being something else. So uh, 
you're probably like, get on to the idea of soft cancellation. Okay, so the idea of soft cancellation is just this. You're a, a unique and beautiful individual. You're a designer with his own designs and ways to change the world with ideas that people don't believe in. And what happens is that you get into entrepreneurship, like in my early days, I got into entrepreneurship with all these crazy things that I wanted to do. And because of the fact that you're unrefined, that you're at the beginning and you're hungry for cash and capital and recognition, you look at a business model that already exists in the world and is already providing the solution in the world. So they're already providing a solution, okay? They're providing a unique solution that's all their own that no one else is doing. They're advancing the world, therefore. And you see the model of business they're using. You see the culture that's around. And what a soft cancellation is, is when you emulate that culture and therefore lose the solution, the unique solution, you lose the advancement of humanity because you emulate that culture. Okay, so like let's say it's a bookstore. A bookstore provides the solution of books and knowledge being given to people, okay? Uh, that's like they're the only one, let's say it's only one bookstore in the world and they're doing that solution, okay? That solution is something that wasn't there before, so when they made that bookstore, they were pushing the world forward. They were innovative. And so what happens is, People see that that model is actually producing revenue and you know they're just thinking about revenue, they're just thinking about the money and they're, they're unrefined because they haven't went on their journey yet, they're, caught, they're cash hungry and they jump into the game and then they emulate that, the model of that business because they see it works and they see it's making someone rich already. And so what they do is they literally mimic and emulate that business down to a T, which is what chip on my shoulder I have with entrepreneurial culture. And what ends up happening is that multiple bookstores pop up and they all provide the same solution. And none of the bookstores that come after the original are actually forward in humanity because none of them worked on a unique solution that hadn't already been done yet. Boom, that's exactly what I'm talking about there. So it's the mimicking of solutions that already exist in the world and therefore you're not providing anything new and therefore not advancing the world and not innovating and, and helping. You're not providing your own unique designs to the world. You're not a designer. You know, you're focusing on a vehicle that uses cash to create more cash rather than a vehicle that uses culture to create more culture. When that first bookstore popped up, that culture that it, that, that it was spitting out, you know, it was its own unique culture. And then when you joined along, it became mainstream culture, okay? And everybody that comes after you is like, you're using, like, the culture that you're pushing out with your idea is just adding to the culture's, or the culture, the mainstream culture that is already there. It's just saturating at this point. And that's the kind of the idea that I'm going against. And soft cancel even, I feel like it's more like less violence forms of hard cancel. It's like when you want to be an entrepreneur, but everybody around you is living the nine to five college life. And they're like, hey, I love this college. And you're just like emulating them, following them. And then you say, you start to start a business. Like, hey, I know business is cool. You can do that if you want. But man, college over here is giving me all these benefits and rewards. And they're trying to soft cancel you. Soft cancel is not really just hard stamping censorship people out of existence, but it's really the suggestion, you know, sweet, suggestive allure of everything around you that you see. And, you know, it appears to be like the grass is greener on the other side. And that's what I was saying. It's funny enough, man, all the people out here who are like, uh, like they see an idea pop up on Twitter on their timeline or something like that, and they catch flame, a news article or something like that. They all oh, cancel that idea, get rid of that idea. The funny part about it is, None of them, like they're, none of them have, a, like, are thinking for themselves. They've been soft canceled already. They already have been inducted and indoctrinated into following the mainstream. They've been hypnotized, and because they've been hypnotized, whoever they were before all of that happened, the, the unique individual that had existed underneath the surface, no longer exists, or it's buried very, very, very deep within. 
So the people who call for cancels every day only call for that because they've been canceled. You know, they've been forced to follow a political party. They've been forced to follow a, a, a culture or a subculture or, or whatever the heck else. You know, a way of living that already existed before they were there. And they're not adding anything. They're just saying, this way of existence, I like. They're not adding a way of existence into society. They've been soft canceled already. Like, that's the irony behind it all. Okay? And so, um, man, I really got carried away with that last one. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Okay, so, like I was saying, like there's a gauntlet of trials that you'll go through in order to get to where you, you know, to use it. Like, you have to earn, you know, in, in like, going through, like, failure after failure after failure, after failure you know, entrepreneurship, I believe the path that you're on, it's, it, it's a, it's a self, it, it's a, it's an incentive program. And the failures and the trials you go to incentivizes, you know, the improvement of yourself and the way you think about the world. And so in a way, you have to earn the paradigm in which you can see that this is just a tool to create culture. And the first trial that you go through on that journey is the soft cancel. The people around you are like, no, you can just do this. Or the people that you look up to that are saying, oh, just do it like this. Just do it like this. Like, not the people who are providing principles. Because principles are important to learn. But the people who provide exact models. Uh... I feel like in a way, course creators and how to make money online, they're doing more of a disservice at this point than really anybody else. Like, you know, not the people who provide principles, but the people who provide like, like this is how you make a social media marketing company. Like, that's kind of like, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and these are the entrepreneurs that we should cancel. <laughs> Completely just thwart them out of existence, smash them. Uh, which is already a natural process that's happening. People who are saturating culture because they're just providing culture that already existed and they're encouraging the mimicry of what already existed. Okay? I believe, uh, you know, uh, Peter Thiel talked about this in his book Zero to One. Like, I don't remember the exact words he used, but I think the one was called vertical progress, which is like innovation, and the other one was called horizontal progress, which is like globalization. Like the US, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, like, um, Man, like we, we, we talk a lot. I, I, I always say capitalism is very important, but you know, I don't even want to define it as capitalism because I would take capitalism and change a lot about it, you know, and implement a lot of different things to it. But the you know, just for lack of a better word, capitalism and the idea and the principle behind it because it is an incentive program for, entre for entrepreneurship, which is an incentive program for self improvement. It's an important thing because you know, it incentivizes, like I said people who are innovative people who push out ideas and create culture with the ideas that they have okay those are like the people who do it the best are like billionaires and they're living the richest and lavishes and the best life they could possibly live and they're fulfilled and they're happy therefore um not because of the money and all that because because of the work that they're allowed to do and if you look at it like in the world like i looked up like i'm just thinking like the top companies and all the top 10 companies or something like that like Apple and, 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 and Google and, you know, uh, Netflix, like all these different companies. Most of the biggest companies in the world started right here in the U.S. It's weird. Like the future, because literally these biggest companies, they come up with the best and baddest technology out the gate. The future is happening right here. Okay. You know, that might be an ethnocentric way of viewing it, but uh, and it might not be true also. Like I said, don't take this as dogma or religion or anything like that. Like, 100% truth. 
this might not be true. It's just my interpretation. The future, because this is the, the cutting edge of technology and innovation, is happening right here where we are. And globalization, trying to catch up with that, trying to mimic that, is happening elsewhere. And the soft cancer is looking at culture and trying the whole globalization. The globalization thing is a soft cancer. Okay? Because what would they have thought of if they wasn't trying to mimic the cash producing ideas of where the future of here, the USA, where the future is occurring. Okay? Now the future occurs everywhere, obviously, like the UK and like there are so many different uh, countries listening to this podcast. Um, there are a lot of people in Taiwan, there are a lot of people in Turkey, uh, Australia, shout out to my boy Yash in the UK. Like there are tons of different people listening to this podcast. And that's not to say the future isn't occurring where you are. The future is occurring where you are as well. There are huge companies that come from everywhere in the world. But what I'm saying is the type of system that your your country functions on is it incentivizes the future. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, where was I going with that idea? <laughs> oh, so so here we go. So. The, the hard so the first thing you'll go through is the soft cancel but then the second thing you'll go through is the, the hard cancel you know what's that quote that they use uh, they love you when you're down and then, and then when, when you get up they hate you or <laughs> something like that um, I'm just making up frameworks and rubrics as I go along people don't, like this is just me being erratic this is how I literally think these are my thoughts expressed I'm documenting a process I'm not I'm not talking to somebody like, who's authority somebody who already knows I'm just documenting the process so just hear me out here so hard cancel okay by by like by definition you know any new idea is an unpopular opinion because it's new people have never heard of it they, they they don't understand it. it's not something that already exists in the world it's an unpopular opinion by default because only you know of it I love the way Peter Thiel or Peter Thiel however you pronounce his name said it he said essentially every startup is a conspiracy to change the world like that is beautifully said. It's conspiracy. It's not traditional. It's unpopular. Okay. And thinking of the hard cancel, who does the hard cancel usually happen to? People usually cancel what's new because they don't understand it. You understand that even if you go back in time, the idea of heliocentrism, or or that the Earth is not flat. You know, I believe it was either Galileo, Copernicus, or somebody like that. You know, they got killed trying to promote that idea. That the sun, you know, that the earth revolves around the sun and not the other way around. They literally got killed. They got canceled, hard canceled, trying to promote that idea. Okay? They probably had to go through the gauntlet of actually living in a world that doesn't believe that, trying to soft cancel them. But when they broke past that and start thinking for themselves, and then they try to get society to believe that, then they got to fight the hard cancel. Okay? And so they died trying to promote that idea. Every new startup. Every new factory pushing out new cultures and ideas has to battle this system of cancel culture. And that's why I say, because it doesn't give a lot of new companies, which probably is a good thing, because then you have to fight and refine your idea and your argument over and over and over and over again. Cancel culture is such a negative thing, because uh, particularly in the extremes, the extreme ways in which people take it, where they will stop at no end to crush a new idea. Uh, These factories for new ideas and new culture, they're young and they're weak and they're timid at first. And they gotta fight back. Their conspiracy to change the world. They gotta fight back in order to get their ideologies out. They gotta beat that hard cancel. Um, like I don't know. Like think about like somebody like Donald Trump. Like you all know, man. I'm not political. I don't care about politics. I don't like talking about politics. 
It's not something that's interesting or curious to me or cool or anything like that. I'll never vote a day in my life because there's no meaning to it to me. Like, if I want to change the world, I'll just indoctrinate the world, okay? But um, think about, like, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, he has this idea of make America great again. And everybody's, like, laughing at him. Everything is funny and things like that. It's a small, weak, timid idea in the beginning. And he has them to, into the election to make that unpopular opinion a popular opinion, to create a culture around that idea that's big enough to defend it and give him a fighting chance at the election. And that is kind of like the journey of every entrepreneur. Like, the journey is to take an unpopular idea, an unpopular opinion, and to make it a popular opinion, to make it a popular idea before it is crushed, before cancel culture comes and takes it away. Because you'll be fighting against bills, you'll be fighting against, you know, costs, you'll be fighting against all these different things. And a whole while, the world around you is saying, hey, just come back and work a nine to five. Hey, just be regular. Hey, just give up. It's much easier on this side. It's a fight. Like, eat. like there are so many people trying to, like, the like Tesla, for example, Elon Musk company is like the idea that the world should probably progress to electric, you know, electric vehicles and uh, pretty much just relying on like renewable resources in general. That's the idea. The world should rely on renewable resources. And the, I don't remember what the tweet was, but he has like oil companies just trying to crush that idea. Just trying to crush him out of existence. Trying to essentially cancel him. Like they're trying to like write all these different articles about him just to get him out of here because he's competing with them. And he's competing against them and they don't want that to happen. Okay? So, cancel culture is literally all of that which we've gone against. Okay, that's that's really all I've been trying to express within this podcast episode, man. Um, I hopped on this podcast today with a purpose. Man, I wanted to tell you all about this summit I'm doing, man. I told you in the last podcast episode, but I really wanted to explain it and do it justice with this one. It's called the Surviving the Cancel Summit. Because, you know, as much as cancel culture is a thing that crushes the factories for new ideas and new culture at large. Maybe getting rid of cancel culture is, ne- is not necessarily the move to make. Maybe it's really learning the tools and the strategies that people use to circumvent, you know, these, you know, this culture that's against them and trying to trying to crush them out of existence. Okay, how did Donald Trump take this small, meager, weak, and defenseless idea? How did he turn that unpopular opinion into a popular opinion? quick enough to have a fighting chance to win the election that is essentially what i'm asking so we have this surviving the cancel summit okay we're all as as, as designers no longer as entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are the the ones of us that have been soft canceled um but people who care about design and you can be an entrepreneur and a designer like i guess i guess not really i don't know i'm just trying not to alienate people with this episode but i guess I guess it goes that way sometimes. Um, but it's people who care about design. Um, you know, how do we do that? You know, so we got the Surviving the Cancel Summit. And basically, it's like, the, like I'm taking 30 of the top podcasters and I'm just going to ask them a prompt. Okay, I'm going to give them like a prompt. And the prompt is this you have 30 days or 90 days to turn your unpopular opinion, you know, to turn the unpopular opinion that your business promotes into a popular opinion and if you don't do it by the end of the 90 days you'll get canceled 
that your business will fall apart and you don't have a chance of existing and everything just goes to hell. Okay? So 30 of the top podcasters who have actually did this, who've actually followed this process, tens and thousands of people listening to their culture and their idea and what they represent every single day who are paying them for it because that culture doesn't exist by itself. They're using the profit of these customers to put back into their media to push this idea farther. So 30 of the top podcasters, I'm going to ask them how... If you had 90 days or 30 days, step by step, would you take your unpopular opinion, same way like somebody like Donald Trump did, and turn it into a popular opinion um, without getting canceled? <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just thought that, like, I don't know. I just thought that was, I think that's something that's cool, man. Um, so they're going to go step by step and step, 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 step by step and talk about how they use this tool you know, first of how they got to the stage where they structured their business as a tool that used capital to create culture. And then, like, if they do that at all, they'll discuss that. And then, once they solidify that question, how they structure that, the path of that tool in a way where it gains enough strength in 30 days to actually survive the onslaught of people that are trying to come after and crush it out of existence. Because I wanted to do this summit because I feel like in the modern world, like not a lot of people, like there's not a lot of individuality, okay? I see a lot of people who are quote unquote business owners, but their business is kind of just like a mimic of another business. Like, it, man, even their like social media profiles, like everything that they post, everything that they say, all the all the quotes, all the comments, like it, it, it really is just a, like an like. A replication of what entrepreneurs are supposed to do like wake up at 4 a.m uh you know get a mentor like all these mundane ideas that all entrepreneurs say like everybody is just becoming a replicant becoming a phony and the idea like original ideas like they don't necessarily really make it so how is it that you become a thought leader and actually make it and actually thrive and actually do it in a way that's actually profitable and change the world therefore um that's kind of what it's all about and a lot of these podcasts like a lot of them have opinions and I see people coming after them and trying to destroy them every single day. Like, I think uh, Russell Brunson uh, most recently made a podcast with, like, what the haters say to you. I seen, like, Josh Forty uh, post, like, I'll read it to you. I'll read what he said, like, what his haters said to him on, um, on his Instagram story. Okay. Let me find his Instagram. Okay, where? Let me scroll to the end. Oh, there we go. Let me find him. So, what did the people say? It says, you're a Trump supporter. You're a racist. You always vote for him, even if he picked Tulsi. We're desperately reaching Trump with the, done, the, the documented pedophile history. You're reaching, tr- you're reaching for Trump voters. Your pages are no, you're a manipulator. You do not care for, care shot for sex trafficking. You're using page for your own selfish agenda. Fuck you, Josh Forty. I hear you and see you loud and clear. Then the next person... Um, or it's actually the same person, George Forty. You use child sex trafficking for your Trump agenda. You're reaching. You are far from a free thinker. You don't care, care shit of traf- traffic children. You're you are filth. You only care about Trump. Absolutely no sense debating you filth. Like they're trying to like destroy him. They're trying to like crush him out of existence. Okay. Um, a lot of these top podcasters, they have like a lot of different ideas that I necessarily like. I've never heard and like they're like. They're unpopular opinions, like by definition, not by my opinion, but by definition. And people are going to try to fight them and combat them and question them out of existence for that. And um, 
a lot of it beyond the fact that they're unpopular opinions that these people are fighting through like the muck and like fighting this battle and actually like winning and being profitable with it and creating cultures of people being thought leaders of culture of cultures of people who actually believe in them and support them or are diehard true fans that would pay for their advice on this thing um, and always support their business behind this thing the fact that they have this true polarity um, even beyond that a lot of these uh, not Josh Forty but a lot of these top podcasters have opinions that a lot of people will consider messy <laughs> okay um, it, it is something that causes a lot of attention and evokes a lot of emotions a lot of them get super political super down and dirty and so you know I want to I want to make a summit of 30 of the top podcasters and ask them about these opinions and get like like their deepest most darkest most intertwined like like thoughts that are unpopular that people don't understand and I'm going to put it all out there on the table and say hey if you were to take these thoughts and try to make a profitable culture around them using the tool of business how would it be done like that's what I'm wondering you know because that's what this page is all about how do you make mass movements of people follow you uh with your new and unpopular opinion okay how do you make your unpopular opinion popular I know I'm just I'm just beating a dead horse but I'm kind of like Ooh, this is this summit is gonna be crazy. The summit's happening on September 30th, by the way. It's happening September 30th. I don't have a link for it, but I'll be dropping a link for it soon. Uh, keep up with the podcast to hear about it because this is gonna be insane. Um, it's gonna be a lot. We we're gonna talk about everything, man. We're gonna talk about everything, but we're not gonna talk about everything in the light that you already heard. We're gonna talk about everything in terms of the mundane things that we already talk about every day like what do these podcasters feel and what do they believe on things like you know blue lives matter black lives matter you know and i want to hear new and unique fresh takes on these things um you know things like standing on a flag things like soldiers like that things like that but then it's how do you take uh we're going to talk about the ideas that on top of that 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 no one has ever thought of you know unique things and how do you create a business around both new dynamics and I don't know, man. It's going to be freaking crazy. Uh, like I said, the summit's going to happen on September 30th. It's the Surviving the Cancel Summit. Um, and, man, yeah. Just just, just look out for that. That's all I have to say. Um, I don't really have much else to say in this podcast episode other than this, man. I appreciate you so much for actually listening to this podcast. I appreciate you for keeping up with me. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm erratic. I know I don't. sometimes my ideas don't really make sense in the way I express them. And I know just generally, I'm sitting in the car right now, uh, it's just a mess. I ain't even doing podcasts with I babbled a lot and things like that. But I appreciate you keeping up with me because I enjoy these episodes so much. I enjoy these episodes so much. I enjoy sitting down and talking with you all so much and getting the things that are on my chest out to the world. You see, I was a little bit frustrated in the last episode because I feel like a lot of the world doesn't understand some of the ideals that even I want to push. And I'm just I'm just curious, man. I was that frustrated child. Like, man, I just want to get these ideas out to the world and no one really understands them. And uh, I want to learn how do people with these big mass followings, um, how do they do it? How do they do it? Uh, yeah, that's really much it. Um, I love you, man. I love you so much. I appreciate you staying along. I appreciate you listening to me. I appreciate you hearing me out on everything I have to say and everything I have to offer, man. I hope to hear from you all as well. Hit me up on my Instagram. Seriously, hit me up on my Instagram. The summit is going to be freaking live. It's going to be a live summit. So I'll be hearing your call. I'll be like answering your. I'll be able to answer your comments, your questions, and concerns, and everything that you have, and we'll be able to interact, which will be a cool thing. And so, um, please, please attend the summit. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review this podcast episode. 
That's the only thing that helps us go through the algorithms faster. Rate and review this podcast episode, please. Um, and also subscribe to this podcast so I can talk to you more often. Other than that, man, this is Dallas from The Grand Design, the Uncanceled Podcast. I'm burping a little bit, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you. I mean, see you later, not thank you. True or false designers, ghost riders in the modern era are completely outdated, and no one should ever use a ghost rider again. Okay, now look, I understand everyone wants to write a book because it is the most effective way to build tribe and community around your central ideas in a profitable way. I understand that. It is the best way to push your ideas out into the world in the form of mass movements. And this is throughout history. Think of the Communist Manifesto. Think of the Bible. Think of Mein Kampf. You know, every time you see an entrepreneur, ask him, how did he get started? He'll say, rich dad, poor dad. You know, he'll say, think and grow rich. The best way to induct people into your tribe is through a book. And there is no denying that. But a lot of people, they turn to ghostwriters because there is a gap between the ideas in their head and the words on paper. And that gap is filled with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And I understand that. These are some of the things that I've experienced. Tell me if this is familiar for you. Man, writing my first book, it was just like a soup of ideas in my head and I didn't know where to start. Is that something you've experienced? Like it's like ideas floating around and you don't really know how to structure it. Is that something that you've been through? Like, where do I even put this in this chapter? Da, 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 da. And then all these blogs, they make a freaking outline. No one wants to make a freaking outline. You know, I could spend that valuable time I spent making an outline actually writing the book. How about that? Another thing is time. No one has the freaking time to write a real book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you have business to take care of or, or, or work to go to or family or actually life to enjoy that's not sitting at a freaking laptop you know well no one wants to spend 365 days of the year the entire summer sitting there two three hours a day crunching in words on a freaking laptop it's completely redundant it's ridiculous you know um that's just even daunting to think about three four five six seven eight nine months to put a book together in one that you're not even sure how to publish or market yet it's an insane amount of work for nothing. And another reason is that some people just might not be good at writing. Just simple and flat out. Is that something that you've experienced? Like, think about it. Like, sometimes writing is just freaking hard. And not everybody was born a writer. No one's born. And so, for these reasons, for these reasons, people turn to these writing coaches and these ghost writers. But, and this is coming from the position of a former ghost writer who's ghost written for people with businesses. Okay. Uh... They never really get what they're asking for. And the reason for that is this. And tell me if you've experienced this. Like, also, have you worked with a ghostwriter and they've given you something back and you're just like, eh? Well, there's like 100% of my clients probably have felt that way throughout history. And the reason is because ghostwriting is like playing a game of telephone. You know, when you tell somebody a phrase and then you tell another person and you tell another person, and by the time you get back to the line, you probably played play this in high school, by the time you get to the back of you know, the last person, they say the phrase and it's something completely different. When you pass your ideas through the mind of another human being, those ideas will not come out their mind or come out their, in their writing without being tainted by their own mind. It's like telling a painter to paint your girlfriend and giving them like descriptions and things like that. 
um not really going to work out you'll probably still accept it like eh, this is the best we can get with the system that we're using but it's not going to be the product that you actually asked for because it's coming through his perception and because of that ghostwriters are flawed and i say this and i admit this as a ghostwriter but i have good news for you we're not living in the 1800s anymore where we need scribes <laughs> you know we don't ghostwriters should never be used by anyone on this face of this planet after this year you know, so I have a solution for you. This is the way that we do it at Memoir Launch. Think of your book, whatever your book might be, however big it might be. I don't care if your book is 500 pages long. That's a big, time-consuming, expensive, and complex thing. And on top of that, ghostwriters like to cost 25 grand for the subpar work they do. Okay, think about your book. 500 pages is a massive, complex thing, right? Now, I, I like to be challenging, so I believe. We can get your book done from cover to cover for way less expensive than a ghostwriter. And exactly in your voice, crystal clear, 100% satisfaction in a span of seven days or less. Now, you might be like, uh, that's kind of impossible. No, it isn't. We don't live in the 1900s anymore. We live in the future. And so how do we do that at Memoir Launch? The way we do that, just to keep it simple and not too complex, we rely on voice writing technology. We rely on you know machine learning, artificial intelligence to take that gap between the ideas in your head and actual text and shrink it. Like we like we crush it into a span of seven days through new technology and methods. Let me explain to you how this process kind of works. You have these soup of ideas in your head and you don't know how to organize anything from anything. We get a little specialized team for you, maybe one or two people, and we do an interview series with you to bounce back and forth and kind of organize your ideas in a way that's actually like, uh, it reads well, one, and step two, it's actually effective. Because a lot of books, you put them out into the world and they're like, no one cares about them. It's like, you know, they're not effective because those are books. A book is like a letter. What we write for you is called a sales memoir. I'm not trying to get too complicated, so I'm gonna just completely explain this very briefly. A book is like a letter. A sales memoir is like a sales letter. Sales memoirs are the books that indoctrinate your audience and makes them join your tribe by default. Books like, like, like I said, Dot Com Secrets. You read Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson, you will become a funnel hacker because it's structured in that way. Most people write, read the Bible, they will become a Christian. Most people in the 1940s, they read the Communist Manifesto because of the way the ideas in the book were structured and you will become a communist. But how, it is, how is it that we structure our ideas in a way that reads well and place them in a book in a way that also indoctrinates? So that's step one. It's a small little interview series. You know, you kind of just talk about everything that you like. <laughs> you know, you, whatever you rant about on a daily basis, you just rant to us. A lot of people describe this process as therapeutic or whatever. And after we do that entire process, we take the audio and all we do, no matter if your book is 200, 300, 400 pages long, we just feed it to the AI. And immediately it pops out something that does not require a bunch of freaking editing from a freaking expensive editor, because these editors are ridiculously priced. It doesn't require a $25,000 ghostwriter. It doesn't require any of that. So what happens after that? Well, you get your manuscript first and foremost, and then second, that same team comes along with you in the third phase of the process, we publish the book for you, and then we begin to work on a little marketing campaign to actually get that idea in your head out into the world 
in a form of a mass movement, okay? Like all the thought leaders in the modern world has. How Tony Robbins has a book, how Russell Brunson has a book, how Frank Kern, everyone has a book. And it's following the same strategy and process they has. They have. Now you might be thinking, this is too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> you know, go see for yourself. You know, if you're interested in this process, if you're interested in being part of the memoir launch beta, and it is in beta, and because it's in beta, you're getting a very, very, very one-time extreme discount. But if you want to be part of this beta and potentially get your book done, because it depends on your schedule also, in seven days flat, perfectly in your voice, and deliver it to your house in a hard copy and published, then just click the link in the bio below of any of these podcast episodes. It'll be a link to like a website where you can join the waiting list. And when Memoir Launch is ready to launch, we'll start calling people on the waiting list. It's first come, first serve. And so if you sign up late, well, you're going to get called pretty late. Um, but sign up for the waiting list. It'll be a link below. It'll be the only link below. And uh, once you sign up for the waiting list, we'll be in contact with you shortly and we'll help you launch your first sales memoir to the world okay well uh i don't really know if i have anything else to say about that sounds like a cool process though right well this is uh dallas from memoir launch and i just explained to you the best way to profitably push your ideas out into the world in a form of mass movements so like i said if you're interested in that click the link uh here in the podcast notes in the description whatever you want to call it and man, I really, 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 uh, the business, you know, the mission of this business, there's a handicap, you know, on writers in the world. There's a huge gap between ID and text. And a lot of people are handicapped. They can't clear that gap. And it's the mission of this business to invent technology that erases that gap once and for all. So I want you to be part of this cause, man. I really look forward to speaking to you. I look forward to working with you. I look forward to like knocking this out of the park and welcoming the future with open arms so i'm not going to go on on and on but uh like i said if you're interested in being part of the beta if you're interested in being part of the future um click down below uh for the beta also the entire process of marketing your book um designing campaigns to actually launch that thing out to the world completely free by the way completely free and so click down in the bio below It'll be a link down there. Uh, without further ado, you know I suck at closing things out. This is Dallas from Grand Design and from Memoir Launch. And I look forward to speaking with you and actually helping you get these ideas out, man. Peace.